Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. And we're still seeing it quite well through that haze. E equals MC. That all men are created about the future innovations. And growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fantastic episode of Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host, Ryan Treasure, and we have an awesome episode for you guys today. We're going to talk about the earth, the frequency of the earth. We're going to talk about uh, some of the shifts in in consciousness that have happened over the, over the several years, and we're going to talk uh, about a book also called Earth. Earth Speaks Up with author Mary McNearney, who's going to talk about her groundbreaking book of wisdom, guidance, and tools provided by Earth and the angelic realm to show us specifically how to span expand into our own new perception of our new relationship with Earth. So I want to welcome Mary to the show. Welcome. Oh. Thank you, Ryan. I'm just pleased to have the opportunity to talk with you and your audience and introduce you to my new book, Earth Speaks Up. So it was just launched yesterday, which was great. And um, on its first day, it was um, in its category, bestseller on Amazon US and Amazon UK. So I'm really um, excited that that the rest of the world is is paying attention to this new information, new, new yeah. ways of being with the earth. Yeah, and we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to kind of talk to us about, you know, Earth Speaks Up and this new perspective on Earth and our role here. Uh, but I think before we get into the, the book itself and get uh, into the components of that book, I think it'd be nice for our listeners to kind of understand who Mary is. Uh, you know, tell us the story of how you found your frequency in life and in business and decided to you know, break away from the corporate realm and, and, and do what you're doing now. Well, I'll tell you, Ryan, um, doing what I'm doing now, writing this book was definitely not on my radar screen at all. Um, I, um, well, I grew up on a, a wonderful farm in Ohio, a beautiful farm in Ohio, so I guess I always had an affinity for nature. Um, but I followed the traditional path most of us do, going off to college, and, and then I went on to um, law school at Georgetown. Um, and after that, I... Um, worked in corporate law for a long time, corporate and international business law for a long time. Um, so I, um, I was pretty well ensconced in the role of drafting contracts and managing business logistics and buried in paperwork. Um, many of the listeners probably know that situation. And then one day I was after work and I was finally freed up from the usual daily routine at work and I was home um, and it was a beautiful day out and I was enjoying my free time I thought what shall I what shall I do today I was thinking grab my husband and our dog and go for a walk or, or we have a couple horses take a horse out and I'm relishing my free time and then I happened to say out loud to no one in particular I was the only one in the room hmm what shall I do today and then I distinctly and profoundly heard the words, take dictation from the earth. And I just pivoted in surprise because there was no one else in the room. 
And I knew immediately this was from the angelic realm. Uh, and I didn't really know, though, what to do with these words, take dictation from the earth. And I thought, that was a very profound idea, but certainly meant for the more illustrious spiritual people of our time. I mean, I was a corporate lawyer, for God's sakes. Um, and then I thought about it for a few moments, but tabled the idea. It was just too bizarre and too, not, not in my wheelhouse. And pretty much forgot about it until about six months later, I had the exact same experience and heard the words, take dictation from the earth. And it was so clear and so profound that I thought, well, what the heck, I'll give it a try. I didn't know what I was doing. And I took a pen and paper in hand and went out and sat on the edge of the woods in our backyard and just sat there. Well, and then all of a sudden, the dictation started coming and it was hard for my pen and my hand and my mind to keep up with the words and it was such deep rich meaningful information and I knew pretty much from the get-go that this was a book that was being dictated to me and I so I can it was initially difficult to do hard to hard to operate on that frequency tiring to operate on that frequency because we're so used to dealing with our three-dimensional world and when we connect with the non-physical the multi-dimensional it's a, it's a different it's just a different frequency it's like changing channels and we're not used to operating in that way but it exists it's present we just normally in our daily lives tune it out so I continued doing that over the months and years, and then that's what became this book. And as I, as I worked more and more in that realm and at that frequency level and with the angelic realm and the, and the consciousness of the earth, uh, I became more adept at it, like anything any of us practice. Um, working at these frequency levels and tuning in um, to a different vibration than we're accustomed to, it can become natural. It's a, and I like sharing this story with people because it shows you that you don't have to be a, a nature guru or an illustrious spiritual person to, to connect in a different way with our planet and with all of nature around us and to begin working in a different way than we as a society have become accustomed to working right. with our planet. So Mary, when you when you got that initial message and, and you felt that it was you know uh, angelic, uh, was that the first time that you've heard something that like that in your life? Was it like did this just come out of the blue? Yeah, that came out of the blue. I think I've I've always been connected to nature and had a deep rich love of nature but that kind of directive and guidance yeah I would say that came out of the blue but it's the more I do this I I realize it's always present for all of us it's just that we're not tuned in to that 
way of being in the world. Yeah, I'm, just I'm a little jealous, Mary, because I've I've never had the angelic realm uh, speak to me in any manner. So I guess I, I need some better rabbit ears so I can tune in properly. <laughs> well, you know what, though? I didn't have better rabbit ears either. And I think I think it's just because, and I learned later, it's because I guess at some level I was open and willing at some subconscious or other level, um, but it's an innate capability we all have. You don't have to be some extraordinary person, and that's what this, because I wasn't. I was just like, everyone listening to this podcast right now, heck, as I said, I was a corporate lawyer. And what this book shows us, though, it gives us the wisdom and guidance and tools to begin to be able to listen and work on those different frequency levels because that's that's the real direction I think a lot of humanity is called in now, um, especially with working with our planet in a different way. Um, and as I, the more I did this, I, I eventually left the corporate world because I realized this kind of work, working with the earth and the multi-dimensional aspects of our planet is really, really important. Um, and I think that's why this book is coming forth now to help other people recognize the importance of this and see another way of interacting with our planet. And you know, what What a cool concept though too, to, to have that experience of being able to dictate some content specifically from Mother Earth. It's almost like Mother Earth was like the, the co-author of the book, so to speak, right? Exactly, Ryan. That's exactly what it is. I would say Mother Earth is the author, not the co-author. I took the dictation and um, it really is from the Earth consciousness. And when, and when you read it, it's so deep and meaningful and rich. And it's the Earth asking us to recognize that we need to change the way we perceive the world. We, we have for so long perceived the earth as this inert ball of dirt and rock, when in fact it is a conscious, sentient, and communicating being, just as we all are. Um, it's like um, if we step back for a minute and look at our, our understanding of this planet through the ages, it's always been a series of awakenings. Um, in originally, we perceive the earth as flat. That was our reality until explorers showed us otherwise. Then our perception was the earth is, is the center of the universe. That was our reality until astronomers showed us otherwise. Yeah. Our truth was that the earth was stationary and static until science showed us. No, it's mobile, rotates on an axis. And today I, Realizing this book shows us we're at the nexus of change, our next new awakening in our understanding of Earth. Earth is not an inert ball of dirt and rock. It's a conscious, communicating being. Yeah, let's. I want to. I want to expand a little bit on that too Mm -hmm. uh, about the Earth being its being conscious. I am. I love all things space. 
uh, I love I love watching documentaries of uh, science and you know I like to see how, how do black holes get created what happens when two planets collide you know what are the scientific implications of some of those things and one thing that always struck me you know, watching Neil deGrasse Tyson or any of these, you know, Netflix documentaries that that correlate with space is there's no other planet like ours that we have found, no matter how far around the solar system that you look. I mean, you get the the, the Hubble telescope will say, oh, there's, you know, N247 or some other planet that they think is similar, but it's so far away that, you know, you can't really corroborate that through science. But I think that in and of itself is extremely unique because um, when a planet is formed, there is so many different things that go into creating a planet. But there's just something quite unique and different about this planet that is different than other planets. You know, it it, it has all this water. We can sustain life. Um, When I go camping, I have a sense of. Uh, you know, I'm not getting uh, uh, angelic uh, uh, content. No one's really speaking to me, but I feel different. You know, I can when I when my feet are in the dirt. You know, um, there is a connection there that's different, and I don't know if it's a connection uh, because I'm from this Earth, and so I inherently have this connection, or is this planet just that special uh, in comparison to the other billions of planets that are in in the in the in the galaxy. Well, I would I would agree with your latter premise, Ryan, that I really do think this planet is really special. And I have no doubt that all the other planets in the galaxy, this is my perception, have life in a different way on them. Life as we define it, that's our definition. We don't know in all the other dimensions of of frequency and vibration what life may be on other planets but I think this planet I really have the sense is really unique and special and and the angelic beings that participated in this dictation along with the earth are were here also supporting and guiding the earth and, and there, there was such there's such love in, for this planet from the cosmos around us and I, I term it the angelic realm or the other dimensions that this I think this planet is perceived as special because it's got this incredible richness of diversity of life in nature that at least we don't see on other planets it may exist in other dimensions but I just want to follow up on one point too what you're saying when you go camping and you feel your feet in the earth and you feel that a sort of a different dynamic. In that too, I think you are picking up on the Earth's vibration. I I perceive when I attune to the Earth, I get the information in words. But other people like you might get the the sense in when you attune through sensation. Or other mm-hmm. people I've worked with who do these exercises set forth in the book, they don't get words, but they might sense a sort of a rhythm, a vibration coming from the planet other people sense colors other people have a kinesthetic sense more like you did so it's the earth expresses itself in a multiplicity of ways once we attune to this different frequency and i think what you're experiencing when you're there camping in the earth 
is you are attuning to it. And once you attune in that way and recognize that, you can sink into a much more deeper and more expansive experience of what you're experiencing from the earth, what you're receiving from the earth will probably unfold. It's just that our society has tuned this out. So we don't know when you get that feeling of your feet in the earth when you're camping. Hmm, maybe I should settle in and pay a deeper attention. Maybe I should connect more deeply, more richly, and more consciously. And more, once you do that, more and more will unfold for you and for each yeah. individual. Yeah, and as you talk about the uniqueness of the earth, um, again, I, I'm a science guy. I, I also, mm-hmm. I wholeheartedly believe in frequent, frequency, uh, frequency vibrations and, you know, how, how certain certain things make you feel you get around certain people that you feel a a certain way and those feelings come from you know people say oh it's their vibes well it's like it's their own personal frequency that they put out and Mm -hmm. you know I think the earth has something similar where it has its own frequency because just from a strictly scientific nature the fact that this earth is orbiting around a blazing hot ball of fire in the middle of um, a 20 million billion other rocks that are in space along with space debris and asteroids and all of these things that are hurling around at uh, at breakneck speeds in space um, and for us to not have some catastrophic collision with some other entity uh, some other something uh, really speaks to there being some sort of protector or somebody watching out or something right like you mentioned uh, the angelic uh, dimension I just feel like like there's no way that the earth could just be that lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you kind of it kind of makes you do wonder like are we all guided? Are we all supported in this way as is the planet, you know, once we once we step back and recognize and align ourselves with that frequency. Yeah, I follow I follow what you're saying. It's not all it's nothing is coincidence yeah mm-hmm. yeah i i tell my my daughter all the time that you know everything happens for a reason you're mm-hmm. you're you're put in contact with other people for a reason you're put in certain scenarios for a reason and all of those things are uh what make up you as a person as you go and you grow and become a more highly intelligent emotional and spiritual being my daughter's six mm-hmm. <laughs> and so i love it I love it. You know, yeah. those are those are things I, I just feel like you you know you don't you don't ever cross a path for no reason. I mean, you you mm-hmm. I'm always learning. I, I meet so many different people like yourself um, doing radio interviews and doing podcasting, and I think that every single one of the pe- of the people that I interview, there's a reason behind that. Not just making a connection, but I feel like every time one of us learns something from each other that can, you know, carry on uh, and, and kind of and, and move to another level of consciousness, which is kind of something I wanted to speak on as as we talk about, uh, you know, that level of consciousness for humanity uh, from a spiritual sensation. And also, uh, I, I want to say from a healing sensation as well, uh, a lot a lot of people are moving outside of Western medicine and going towards uh, you know more holistic ways and I feel that uh, the ascension of humans moving from one uh, I'm trying to find the words here I don't want to say emotional from one spiritual area to another like I think that spiritual enlightenment is also part of the health enlightenment and us getting back to you know a more organic way of uh, taking care of ourselves do you, do you get that from the earth when when she speaks to you do you do you get that there's a shift in her and in us simultaneously 
Oh, absolutely, Ryan. I think what you've, you've said, and you've made a lot of good points there. And I think, I think part of this is part, the evolution of ourselves and, and our understanding of Earth coming forth, that there, it isn't a coincidence that this book was brought forth in this, at this time. It's because society, more and more of us in society, are ready to begin to work and evolve in this new way of working together with Earth and you're talking about healing outside of traditional medicine. Well, what this book is about, a lot of it is about, is ways for us to work with the planet together co-creatively for her healing. Healing Earth and caring for Earth is not separate than healing and caring for ourselves. Our being and her being are very intertwined. And what, what the book sets forth is, um, a series of nine exercises intertwined with a lot of interesting unfolding of knowledge about who the earth is. Yeah. And these exercises are about, sh- they're simple, so simple because we're working on the energetic level, not on the physical level. And there are ways for us to each engage for a few minutes a day on connecting with the earth and working with healing vibration for the earth. And, and the marvelous thing is, because many of us feel, given the climate change and the collapse of ecosystems and all the, the, the dire problems facing our planet and ourselves in the environment, that we all feel something's got to change, somebody's got to do something, and we all protest or rally, the government's got to do something, big corporations, big science has got to figure out how to care for our planet. And uh, uh, I saw oh, the, a few weeks ago, Greta Thunberg, the young Swedish activist, was um, here at the UN and giving her talk, which was really stirred a lot of people and the rallies in the cities for, um, for demanding change to, in, at the government level to care for the earth. And listening as the, um, and the news as the viewers or the protesters were rallying and, and they would be asked, well, what 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 are you doing? And people would say, "Well, all I can do, I'm recycling and I'm taking public transportation." But really, government's got to do something. Somebody's got to do something. I'm doing everything I can. But what this book shows us is there's a whole new direction for us to work with Earth on the energetic level. That we each individually have the innate capability within us to create and bring about healing change with the earth we don't have to wait for government or somebody else to do something the more and more of us who begin to work on this energetic level with earth attuned to her and do some of these exercises it has a profound effect it has a ripple effect when we're working on the energetic level and that's the whole principle of this book is to show us yeah, let's go beyond the traditional, like we and our say, you were saying, Ryan, people are going beyond traditional medicine, recognizing there's a whole nother way of healing. Well, this book is showing us there's a way beyond the traditional perception of caring for the planet or trying to deal with climate change through treaties. There's another way. And and, and I agree because, you know, one country having a treaty with another country on, you know, 
carbon dioxide emissions or whatever it may be from cars or whatever. I, I, I agree. Um, again, and I always fall back on science on some of the thoughts that I have. And I'll, I'll give you an example. They did a study in Antarctica where they literally drilled through what they figured was somewhere around a hundred thousand years of ice, right? So I air bubbles from a hundred thousand years ago are trapped in ice buried in Antarctica. And so they said, Oh, well let's, let's just do a test on this and see, and see what's happening. And, you know, they tested the uh, parts per million of the air of different types of things like carbon monoxide and carbon dioxide and oxygen and all that. And they found that the air quality and the air from that time period, a hundred thousand years, ago even with all of our farming all of our cars all of those things that the makeup of the oxygen and that content of you know parts per million was within one or two percent of the other one and so when you look at things like pollution and some of those things like i agree putting smoke and smog and all that stuff into the air it can't be good for anybody but at the same time if science is saying that hey this isn't really the problem you know it's it's something different and i think that we get so upset and want to start blaming you know corporations and people and all of these things for things that are happening and at what point do we as humanity take a step back and look within ourselves mm-hmm. on what we can do uh you know starting with this because to be honest it's not practical for me i can't take public transportation right there there are things that I cannot do right. I have to take my daughter to school every day. There's no bus that comes and picks her up or I'd ride my motorcycle to work every day, which would really reduce my carbon footprint. I just, you know, uh, economically can't do that. It doesn't work for me. And so where do I start? And so sometimes um, if you just start with, spending more time with mother earth right like just go out and be and 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 spend that time to to get in with rhythm right which is something that i think a lot of us just complain about stuff and they don't actually get out there and put their feet in the dirt (laughs) well you you make a couple interesting points there ryan i think it's um it's interesting to hear you say that the the air from a many thousands of years ago is not much different than what it is now so we wonder if um is that the pollution stuff yeah that's a problem but is there something else beyond that that why this climate crisis is coming to us now is it a push to get us to change our connection with earth and be with it in a new way because our evolution spiritual and physical is tied up with earth's evolution spiritual and physical and um and i think that what i want to clarify though is that it's not just about going out and spending more time outdoors in nature which is a great thing to do absolutely and ha- and giving good vibes forth to nature it's doing specific conscious things to bring yourself into connection with earth and um and then to engage in a conscious way to bring an energetic change um, to a certain area or bring a healing light to a certain region and this book gives us it's it's hard for me to um synopsize the exercises right now in a short podcast but it gives us specific techniques for bringing a healing vibration to the earth, connecting with the earth and bringing a healing vibration. Uh, same way as perhaps when you 
do acupuncture on a person, that help, creates an energy shift so a healing can occur. So are there exercises? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And that, and that's great. I want to ask some more questions around some of those exercises too, but I'm I'm thinking like, you know, when you, when you want to start like energy healing or a shift in, in that, in that situation, are there, are there times uh, throughout the year, you know, like the solstice, right? The summer solstice Mm -hmm. and the fall solstice. uh, are, Are there certain times of the year where that, energy connection is more strong than others and the reason i say that is and this is just something i've experienced with with solstice is my daughter's birthday is september 21st right and so she is and inherently and 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 maybe it's just because i'm her dad and she's my daughter but when i when i look at the way she has a spiritual connection to just almost everything in general sometimes i think about that and i'm like well is it because of the fact that she was born in this solstice time that you know allows her to have uh you know a a better spiritual connection with and i I mean i'm saying with people with earth with animals with all of those things she just has this innate connection that i don't i've never seen before wow that's fascinating to hear about ryan uh and i wonder if if being born on the solstice could make a difference and it's so that's so interesting in that she has that innate connection because i also think that's an innate connection that all of us had when we were born but it got socialized out of us it got tamped down as we especially as we go into school and we go into working with the logic and the rational and our um, innate ability to work with intuitive and creative and energetic level is displaced and shut down. Um, but I think, secondly, what you said about the solstice, it's, it's interesting you bring that up because in the book, there's specifically some chapters about working with and connecting with the earth at the solstice times, winter and uh, summer, because it is a unique time on the planet. It, it was very interesting for me to learn this as, as I uh, as this book was was dictated to me, that at the times of solstice, there's a certain alignment um, that comes about. The day of solstice and a couple, two or three days before the solstice time too, a certain alignment comes about between the earth and the cosmic fields of energy. And there creates an opening for, um, in that alignment for uh stronger or fuller or deeper healing vibration or creative force to come through at those times. And when people consciously connect uh, with the earth and with the cosmic energies at that time, we become much more um, fluid channels for this healing creative force to flow to us and through us. So I think when you mentioned that solstice, I've learned it's a really important time to come into conscious alignment, conscious connection with our planet and with nature. And it also makes me realize too, at those those unique um, like Incan and Aztec formations and things like Stonehenge, how somehow there at time at the solstice days, there's certain an alignment of light that flows to them and through them and in certain ways it only happens on the solstice time through those um, ancient um, creations so it makes me realize that ancient peoples probably who are more connected to nature than we are we're more in the material world 
they probably recognize that there's a certain power at the solstice that's available for us to work with the creative level and healing level. Yeah, I've kind of always had that feeling for a while too. I, you know, when when I'm when I'm reading different books and you know you think about you know ancient architecture and you know they have submarines and things that have found uh, structures that are you know hundreds of feet underwater, which would place them in a time frame where, uh, with our known history of humanity, those building practices were absolutely impossible. Right. It almost it almost feels like there was a a time of humanity on Earth that was kind of like separated where, you know, I almost feel like, you know, right now we're in this in this space where there's all this technology that's coming out, all this data, all these new cool things uh, to help us in our daily lives. And, you know, technology is really huge. But I also feel like there may have been a time on our Earth where. Um, we had all of that technology and knowledge about earth and about some of these spiritual things. And for whatever reason, something happened and we kind of started over. Um, and I've kind of felt that way for a long time that, you know, there are things that when you look at ancient Egyptian uh, drawings and writings and some of the uh, some of the knowledge that's portrayed in some of those areas that just don't really translate with things that we know now. They're so much more spiritual and so much more esoteric. But I think there's something to that. And I think that there there was probably a time where we had uh, all of those things and it got lost some way, shape or form. Yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying, Ryan. I mean, that's my that's my thought, too, that that there's been probably different evolutions of society on earth and throughout time. I mean, we've heard of things like Lemuria and Atlantis and my, my belief too, is that that those were cycles of life on this planet. So when did, did the, does the, did the earth ever give you any kind of insight on its history in any shape or form while it, while you were dictating the book or was it more of, you know, things that we need to do for the future uh, as you as you had that interaction, no, it really it, as you're saying, it really gave a real comprehensive over not com- not an overview, comprehend more comprehensive perspective on who Earth fully is, and that she's much more than Earth is much more than what we see and what we know, and that the evolution of Earth is a physical and spiritual being has has is much more than what we realize and i think um yeah from what she from what was told in the book that all those things throughout history which we see as stonehenge oh they are uh, societies on earth that knew how to work with her in different ways than what we do now and and recognized that Earth was a conscious, sentient, and communicating being, and worked with her in that way. And that's how things like we see a Stonehenge were created, not by physical, um, you know, they didn't have cranes and, and to erect these big stones, but they worked with Earth in an energetic way for energetic purposes. Uh, and we as a humanity became separated from our connection with Earth, we got distracted, I think, by the material world and delving into the solely material world 
and we separated ourselves from this fuller awareness and fuller connection to our planet. And now, at this point in time, partly maybe because of the climate crisis and other issues, or we're being asked to come back into alignment as ancient societies once were and work together with her co-creatively. And I think that's why this book has come forth now, because we as a species, we as humanity need to let go of our old habit of separation and recognize, come back into alignment. Yeah, we're talking to author of Earth Speaks Up, the dynamic new perspective on Earth and your role here, uh, author Mary McNearney. What a great conversation we've been having today. Mary, you know, as you as you as you look at the book that you've created and you look to the future, um, what does that future hold for you as you have this unique connection with Mother Earth? Is there uh, more opportunities for you to provide uh, information and, and, and where do you see this kind of evolving over the next five or 10 years? Well, I would say one thing, I would say it's not that I have a unique connection with Earth. I've just, one of the people that's been in the forefront showing people this is a connection we can all have and I feel now as this book has come forth into being published that probably my role now is to help other people see this way of connecting with earth and and share this information so other people can can see a new pathway to being with earth and working with earth and kind of expand their way of being in the world. Not that you have to leave your career like I did. I mean, that was my calling. But there's a way to unfold and integrate this way of being with the planet and doing this healing with the planet as part of your daily life. And so I feel I now I'm stepping in. For me, since the book has been published, I'm stepping into a different role now of being a teacher and of this. I have been doing over... Uh, experiential workshops with people connecting in to the landscape and the earth and, yeah. um, in different ways. Well, that's amazing. Um, I, I really think what you're doing is fantastic. And, you know, I'm a media guy. So in my head, I went, I went, Mary's like a, she's like earth's PR agent. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. I will take that. I will take that label. Yes. Well, <laughs> I'm going to add that to my resume. Yes. Thank you so much for joining Finding Your Frequency today, Mary. We really appreciate your time and we appreciate your knowledge, your insight, and the message that you're trying to share with uh, the world and humanity. And uh, we here at Finding Your Frequency urge you to continue on that path and, and, and keep shining a light so everyone can understand how they can also have this connection. And again, I want to thank you for being on the show today ladies and gentlemen author mary mcnearney of uh, earth speaks up you can go find it on amazon and anywhere books are sold if you guys are listening to this on your favorite podcast device please make sure to give it a five-star rating because it's way better than four and of course uh, you can tune in on any device anytime on voiceamerica.com and again thank mary for being on the show today and make sure you guys keep uh, listening to finding your frequency on a weekly uh, basis as we'll be continuing to bring you some more fantastic programming right here from voiceamerica.com, the leader in internet talk radio.